We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get the ball rolling. Okay, we are back here at Get the Ball Rolling in the studio, and I am super happy to be back here once again. Uh, we are actually going to be switching it up a little bit. Um, as you guys know, I've been covering the FCS and getting interviews with coaches and doing the best that I can to provide you guys with, with in-depth sports interviews and coverage. We're going to be kind of hitting a little bit of a, a little bit of a shift. Uh, we, I want to be covering the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 conference this upcoming season, uh, not along with the FCS. Don't get me wrong; I'm still going to be working with the FCS and the coaches. Uh, love the FCS and everything about it. However, I am going to uh, be talking about uh, the Pac-12, and to do so, I, I've I've reached out to a couple schools. It's really hard, a little bit different uh, to get interviews with them uh, versus interviews. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, like in the FCS, uh, work uh, a lot bigger of schools that you're or you're dealing with in the FBS. And uh, anyway, so uh, in order to do so, I decided to contact people in the media that are in and around the the schools or the universities, right? Uh, talk to them. Uh, these are people that that are you know covering them. They're writing the the, the tabloids, I guess. Like kind of, that's a kind of a cliche term, but they're writing the news. They're they're there at the games. Uh, as much as I would love to be in Corvallis, Eugene, Salt Lake, Boulder, uh, Tucson, Tempe, SoCal, as much as I would like. Sorry, Seattle, Pullman. I, I guess I should name them all. But as much as I would like to be. In those cities, I cannot all at once, and I don't work for the Pac-12 network in San Francisco, so I can't. I, I can't really. I don't get every in-depth thing. However, I want to be able to bring you guys uh, interviews and stuff like that, where I'm able to talk to them, give you my opinion on the on the the season. A lot of this is again my. Uh, we'll be we'll be talking to them about this upcoming season where they see it as a standpoint. They're doing interviews with the coaches there in person. Uh, they can go to the spring games and stuff like that. I've been to Eugene. I've been to Corvallis. I've been to Salt Lake. Uh, I've been around Boulder. So I've been to these places, uh, but I've only been to Salt Lake for, for football. So, and well, spring games and stuff like that. Anyway, so we're going to be working with the media, uh, getting their perspective on it as they are there in the trenches, uh, every single day, every single week, uh, as the football season rolls on. So today we're going to have Steve Gress. Uh, he is in Corvallis. We'll be calling him in, uh, talking a little bit about, uh, Oregon State. Uh, football. Uh, I am a huge Beavers fan. I've grown up a Beavers fan. Um, they were probably, uh, them and the University of Utah were probably my first loves, if you want to call it that. Uh, the reason at University of Utah, I, I had spent a lot of time on their campus. Uh, they have a really good hospital there. So I spent a lot of time there as a little kid. And, uh, so I was able to be around the, 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 the stadium and I was able to, to look at those things. My, my dad knew a couple guys on the coaching staff at the U. So I'd been in and around that, that, that football program a lot. Uh, 
And a funny story about uh, Oregon State. I loved Oregon State. And I had a hat. It was a beaver's hat. Their old logo, kind of, they've switched logos to kind of more, I call it more mean beaver because it just looks a little bit meaner in my opinion. But had the old logo. And I had a bone graft when I was uh, the age of eight. And my mom, she, I had to spend the night in the hospital. And my mom asked, she said, Tyler, I'm going to go home. Uh, I was in... I believe I was in Salt Lake at the time. So she was going to drive home about 45 minutes uh, at the time, uh, come back. And she said, what do you want me to bring you? And I told her I wanted my bear, Mr. Bear, and I wanted my Oregon State hat. That's all I wanted. That, that I didn't want anything else. That is what I wanted. And my mom kind of laughed to herself and... And that's what I got. So you can see me uh, throughout my childhood in my Oregon State hat, my Beavers hat. Loved the Beavs uh, back in the early 2000s. And I guess it was a good time to be a Beaver uh, when they were, you know, they were winning all those games. They had a a few very successful seasons there uh, in the early 2000s. They've kind of hit, uh, they kind of hit, I guess I would say, a down part of their program. Uh, in total, they went. They they've been to 17 bowl games all time. Uh, they have not been to bowl games since 2013. Again, in the Hawaii Bowl against Boise State, where they won, and they've kind of gone through a, a tough stretch. So I'm hoping to talk to a little bit more uh, to Mr. Steve Gress about this. See where he sees this uh, program going. I'll give you my opinion. So uh, stay tuned. After the ad break, we're going to be calling in uh, Steve Gress from Corvallis and talking about. Oregon State and the upcoming season. All right, get the ball rolling, Nation. Today we have Mr. Steve Gress from the Corvallis Gazette Times. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Well, I gotta. We'll introduce you to the fans. Uh, when did you start covering Oregon State? How did you get to Corvallis? Tell us a little bit about your history. Oh gosh. Well, this is my twentieth year in Corvallis. I started out as a high school guy, moved into the sports editor role in two thousand and three. I've covered Oregon State football a couple of times. Um, I did in two thousand and thirteen. I covered for that year, and then I covered last year as well. Kind of had some staff changes and some things, so kind of uh, kind of taking that on a little bit with a little bit of help from some other guys on the staff. A little bit of a tag team effort this year. So I've been around, you know, the program here for 20 years, uh, a little bit more in depth in the last five or so years, pay a little bit more of attention to kind of things that are going on. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, where you covered it last year, what was the feeling uh, in Corvallis and in the community to have coach Jonathan Smith come back who played alumni, played for Oregon State? What was the feeling like when he was uh, announced as the head coach of the football program? I think for the most part, it was really positive. I think there there was a faction of the fan base that, that you know wanted somebody bigger, better, or something like that. I'm not quite sure the state of where the program was. You know, who was going to be able to come in and kind of make them happy? Uh, I know that Les Miles' name was thrown out there, and who knows how serious that really was. Uh, but I think the majority of the fan base was excited that someone who had been a part of the program had you know led this program to some of the best you know, success that it has had, especially in the last, you know, two decades and coming off a 28, you know, non-winning seasons in a row. So um, I think 
think for the most part, people are excited. I also think they're tempered in their expectations. Obviously, uh, Gary Anderson left this program kind of devastated in a lot of ways. Um, and so there was a lot of work for, for Jonathan Smith to do and for the new coaching staff to come in. And um, I think offensively, people were pretty excited about what they saw last year. Defensively, that's an area that they're going to have to go. So I think the fan base is uh, kind of, you know, a little bit – uh, cautiously optimistic about uh, where this program is headed, kind of some of the steps that they took this last year, uh, some of the recruiting they've kind of tried to do, and and maybe kind of the hopes for, for a little bit more, you know, maybe being a little bit more competitive, especially on the defensive side of the ball this season. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question, is is really what are the expectations? I, mean, I went to Corvallis. Uh, my wife, she's she's from Vancouver, Washington. We spent a couple days in Corvallis. Uh, I was talking to a couple people there, but h- what do you feel like the overall expectations we know that they've had a couple losing seasons uh, this year. They have a really tough schedule. What are the expectations for the fans and then, you know, for the coaching staff as well there? You know, Jonathan Smith, I'll, I'll talk about that one first. I, it'll be really interesting to see. They talk about this process of, of getting better and it wasn't getting better week to week. It was a getting better from year one to year two. Um, I think they've, they've obviously had an opportunity to kind of go out and find players that are going to fit their mold, brought some of those in. Um, you know, this this last signing period, they're looking ahead at what they've got here. So I think, you know, they, they need to get in more talented, more athletic players that are going to fill in and, and create depth. Last year, their defensive line was devastated or decimated by injury, and they just weren't deep there. And that was a lot of what caused the defensive, you know, breakdowns and stuff. Um Offensively, I think they they like what they what they had last year. I think they they, they score points. You know that wasn't a, a, an issue for most of the season. Um, even though they they rotated three different quarterbacks in there because of injuries as well. So um, I think that part of the ball that they're happy about from a fan standpoint. I like I kind of touched on you know before just being more competitive, having games that you know maybe you don't win those games because like you mentioned, their schedule isn't an easy one. Um, so you know. It's going to take a lot for them to, you know, to, to win, you know, four or five, six games. You know, that would be incredible. I think if, if they can win three or four games this year, they can be competitive in those other ones and not just get blown out, you know, especially maybe in the second half of some games. Uh, I think the fan base will take that as a, as a win and as a, as a step, you know, in the right direction, um, considering where this program was when Jonathan Smith walked in and, and kind of the feeling around it. And even some of the players last year talked about how, they kind of quit. They didn't use the word quit, but that's you know, really what it was towards that, the last few games of that season where it was just such a, a miserable experience for them. Yeah, for sure. I think I think Oregon State, I, I have followed them ever since I was a little kid. I've always been a Beaver fan and, and uh I remember, you know, the Mike Riley years when they were they were competitive in the Pac-10, Pac-12 during the transition. They've been fairly competitive, and it feels like they've kind of hit this drop-off, and we're just trying to, like you said, I want them to be competitive again. I want to see the Civil War back to what it was when, you know, uh, conference championship, we're talking about that, BCS Bulls, those kinds of things with, with University of Oregon. Uh, so for for the fans out there uh, of my show, what is it like uh, game day in Corvallis uh, on on a Saturday in the fall? Oh, I'm sitting in the press box. <laughs> okay. um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's fans out there tailgating, having a good time. I think it's been tempered a lot in these last five or six years, I think. 
you know, where the, the program hasn't been as good. So you see, you know, some more empty seats and you wonder, you know, who's going to come in. I know they, you know, it's been, a, it's been a, over a decade now since they did the, the expansion and stuff. And that side of the stadium looks good. There's still another, you know, part of the stadium that's, that's really old. And so I don't know how much that plays in. Um, but it's, it's a, you know, a, a fall day in the middle of the valley. Or the, well, the Walnut Valley is, is, is a very beautiful thing. Um, so it's enjoyable in that, that sense. I don't, I'm not out in the, in the parking lot. I experience a lot of that, so I don't know exactly how well that is, but I know that they're filled up. They got people that are showing up and having a good time out there. And I think that might, might be the best part of what they've seen the last couple of years. I think, you know, from the product that's on the field, I know a lot of people have been upset about that. And so we'll see if that can kind of change and if maybe more fans show up and, and enjoy the whole experience from, from start to finish. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I looked, I, I want to say, I don't know exact numbers, but I want to say the stadium was still 81% capacity. So they still have a pretty good following despite, you know, a couple of rough years. Uh, and then final question, uh, you living in Corvallis and in, in, in and around that, uh, what is what is it like, I guess, when when University of Oregon and Oregon State clash like it like is it like families are, are hating on each other like is it a really big rivalry how is it taken uh as, for the state as a whole there you know obviously in the last 10 or 12 years it's been pretty one-sided uh really kind of starting with that 2008 game where oregon state had a chance to go to the rose bowl and oregon walked into reacher stadium and just leveled them um for the most part i think it's a, a fairly from a family standpoint it's a, it's a the fairly civil rivalry, you know, among family members that are on both sides. I know that if you get onto Twitter, well, don't go to Twitter. Don't look at it. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty awful, you know, from that standpoint. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of divided families. Um, I've got a good friend who's a big Oregon State fan and his son-in-law is a big Oregon fan. They get along, you know, <laughs> um, but, but it's been really tough, you know, to kind of read from a football standpoint that rivalry because it's been so one-sided for so long. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it would be great, like you said, like 08 and 09 were two fantastic, you know, civil wars. I mean, there have been some other ones through, that, through those 2000s that were great. I mean, you know, mentioned Jonathan Smith being back in the 2000s Civil War game here, you know, with him and, and uh, Joey Harrington, quarterback for Oregon, going back and forth. And, you know, that that was a big, huge win for Oregon in that one to, to send them to the Fiesta Bowl. Um, those those were fun and those were loud. Those were crazy. Uh, the 08 and 09. I, mean, I was at the 08 game, um, and it was just. I mean, it was it was the intensity leading up to it was fantastic. And then the game was a letdown, but you know you, you can't control what happened there. But oh, yeah. that whole week leading up and a couple weeks, just so much you know talk and and interest in it. Awesome. Um, it kind of you know died down a bit here in this area because everybody's kind of understands the the level of the programs are. You know, Oregon is. I mean, they've been down the last couple of years, all these coaching changes, and stuff, but it looks like they're going to be moving back up toward the top. And so, um, you know, Oregon State needs to catch back up and, and do that. We have some more 2008, 2009, you know, kind of games and impact, like you said, having these guys go play for a conference championship or a BCS or whatever they're calling college football playoff, you know, major bowls now. Um, it would be fantastic. I think you would see this you know, the rivalry just to take it to another level if we could get to that point again. Awesome. Well, that that's all I have for you. Uh, kind of preseason talking a little bit about Oregon State. Hope to, to keep in touch with you in the, the next little bit uh, during the season. So thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me.
Yep. Have a good night. And that was Mr. Steve Bress, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, again, shout out to him uh, for allowing me uh, to interview him. Again, we're going to be working with him. Uh, hopefully, throughout the season, I will, um, if we don't get an, an exact phone interview, I'll definitely uh, send him a message. Uh, hopefully about, uh, you know, in my opinion, I'm hoping that they get a couple of upsets this, this coming year. Uh, really an interesting interview. He said everything that I kind of believed, uh, but it was good to hear it from somebody else, that it wasn't just, just my head. Uh, Gary Anderson, love the man. I'm not, I'm, there's nothing I'm going to take away from him, uh, and what he did for Utah State. Uh, I love him just for that, right? I, I, he took Utah State, uh, they were extremely bad for for so many years. Utah State was was I I would say kind of laughable when BYU and Utah would play. You're like you know, the Aggie fans. They they're like the most loyal fans that I like. They are Utah State fans and Utah State fans you know, throughout all the years leading up to Gary Anderson. They were loyal. I mean, loyal as loyal as can be. And Gary comes into the program and completely turns it around. And they were able to get to bowl games. Uh, he came in in 2009, uh, and he, he ended up getting a, you know an 11-win season out of them in 2012. And uh, he ended up leaving, which was which was sad for uh, for Utah State fans. Uh, he was able. To, he was during the the year when they they kind of switched their logo and stuff like that. This isn't a Utah State po- podcast, but Gary Anderson, right? I I, I liked him. Uh, and then he went on uh, to Wisconsin, didn't do anything really there, went to Oregon State. And as you can see, he kind of left the, the program in shambles. D- despite, you know, me uh, one time thinking, oh, my goodness, this guy's guy's amazing, and, and look what he did at Utah State. He kind of left this program in shambles. And it is sad to say that. And I guess it would probably have to, to come from Mike Riley was such a good coach and did so much for this for this team from you know, he was the coach from 2009 to 2014 and then from 1997 to 1998 Mike Riley an amazing coach there and you know I think the move for Oregon State was to bring in Jonathan Smith they, you know, he talked about them being optimistic. You know, he kind of he he's the third uh, career leading passing leader in in Oregon State history, so he obviously knows offense. Uh, I think that this Oregon, I think he's going to be able to turn this team team around. I mean, he was there, nineteen ninety eight to two thousand one. He was there with Mike Riley. Uh, he was recruited by Mike Riley, so I think he's going to get them back to what they were in <clears throat> in years past. Again. Uh, Steve said something really interesting. He said they don't improve from game to game. They improve, they want to improve from year to year. So last year they got two wins, right? And this upcoming year, it, it's kind of a big question mark as to what they the, what will happen. And I think it's just the youth on this team. They haven't really had a, a, a big quarterback presence since Sean Mannion. Uh, haven't really done much uh jake lutton is going to be the probably the guy i don't know if they've uh for sure announced him as that but uh he used to play he's a juco transfer from idaho um he was hurt and and so they went through a couple quarterbacks this last year so i think you know once when you get this this youth kind of out of the system built into the system i think these guys could do it again i give coaches four years to do so uh 
you know, you get you get four years to see what happens, right? If they if they're if they're legit after four years, there there's not going to be in my in my opinion you don't really see a huge improvement because those are the guys that they've recruited. They went out, they did it, they you know they talked about it, whatever. Uh, so give give it four years. This is just Jonathan Smith's second year, and uh, Vegas has them at two and a half wins. That is what they are predicted to win uh, this next year. Two and a half, so that means they can go down to two wins, up to three wins. That's where Vegas is, and you know Vegas really isn't going to lose money on this. And it, it, honestly, it's a pretty good uh, prediction. I. I would love to see them get four wins, but uh, you, you look at the schedule and it is it is it is stacked. Uh, they play Oklahoma State to start off the season, which is going to be tough. Luckily, it's in Corvallis, and I want to give a shout out to the fans in Corvallis. Uh, they packed the stadium despite not playing very well. Uh, a two and ten team filling up the stands to eighty one percent. Uh, that's pretty impressive. I've been to Research Stadium. It is a really an interesting venue, kind of a unique place. I thought, to me, uh, having been in some of the other stadiums, I'm like, wow, this place is kind of small. But it's just I, I went on the wrong side. I was on the bigger side. I didn't look up as much. But you know what? They packed the stands. Uh, Hopefully we can get you know they can they can bring it back a little bit more and get people a little bit more excited and, and bring the, the the town of Corvallis around and really I, I've been to Corvallis and that uh, the, the university is the, the center of town there's really not much else out there I mean you're Corvallis is just west uh, a little bit southwest of Salem. Uh, squash in between Salem and Eugene. Eugene's a lot bigger of a town. So you know what Corvallis is. Uh, give give a shout out to them. They've done well. Um, in packing the stands. So I think, you know, they play home against Stanford. You can make uh, an argument that that that, that it could be an upset, uh, especially, uh, you know, they play Oklahoma State, Hawaii, Cal Poly. They do have to go to, uh, Cal po- or to Hawaii, which, uh, I mean, it's not that far, I guess, for uh, when you're on the West Coast. It's not that far of a... Uh, a flight out there, but you know, four-hour flight to Hawaii. Hopefully, they can they can come back with a win. They beat Cal Poly. They're going two and one. They have a bye, and I think that uh, you know, I think the best the, their their best chance to to make some noise is in the next few games. They play Stanford. Uh, Stanford. I think they could they could upset them. Uh, I don't think this is, this is as good a Stanford team as what we've seen in years past. Uh, they do play UCLA. UCLA is a big question mark with Chip Kelly. In my opinion, I don't see them uh, playing as good as what they did a lot the uh, years past. I think it will take Chip Kelly a couple years to get going. Uh, then they play Utah. Utah, I think, uh, is the best Pac-12 team in my opinion. Uh, not just because I'm uh, I'm a fan. I live here in Utah, but they are a really good team. It'll be a really tough game. And then they play at California at Cal. And so I think you know if you win one or two of those games, you're going to be happy, right? The rest of the schedule. Arizona, you're in Tucson. That will be tough. Uh, you play home against Washington, really good team. Home against Arizona State, really good team. Uh, have to go to Pullman and then have to play at Oregon. I would love to see an upset against the Ducks. They have not won since 16, but it's been pretty much one-sided as as stated by uh, Mr. Gress. So my prediction for them, obviously, I'm going to put two wins. I think four wins is not... Uh, 
I'd say four wins is not out of reach. I think they could get up to that. And if they can, honestly, if they can get to four wins and they can upset Cal, they can upset Stanford, or they can upset UCLA, uh, and they can get to four wins, you can hang your hat on that. Four wins, you're like, okay, well, now now we've got something cooking, we've got something good, uh, and start building for next year. That is my opinion on this. As much as I love the Beavers, as much as I want them to do good and see them in the postseason again, I think we're still a couple years out. Uh, definitely this year, I don't. I mean, if they got to six wins, I would, I mean, that's, that would amaze me. Uh, it would definitely uh, take a lot to get there. Uh, they play the 16th toughest schedule on 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 book for me. The 16th toughest schedule, uh, so that's going to be tough. They they have a lot of things stacked up against them. Uh, again, be really interesting to see how these Beavers play throughout this next year. I will be covering them. Uh, I actually. Uh, they're one of the teams, one of the schools. I've I've met with them to go into my my MBA. So I definitely I definitely a Beaver fan, and I'll be following them throughout the year. Uh, expect during the season to usually get an update. We'll have a Pac-12 day. Uh, we'll probably do a national media coverage day. We'll have an FCS day. Uh, maybe even break down the FCS uh, into the conferences in which I've covered. But that is just kind of the preview to Oregon State. I think Mr. Grass nailed it on the head. Uh, Again, Oregon State fans, stay positive, stay optimistic. The worst thing that you can do, and I don't mean this in a rude way or to call anyone out, but Kansas fans, you know, they've had such a they've had such a rough go, and I don't see them. They're not nearly as optimistic uh, as you know. They they do have less miles, but you know they have not done well. They only brought in thirty eight percent of the stadium's capacity. So Corvallis Beaver fans, be happy. Uh, pack the fans, pack the stadium this next year at Research Stadium. Get loud, get crazy, because I think you can, you have something optimistic. Uh, Coach Jonathan Smith, I think he can do it. I think he has the tools around him to do it. Uh, but give it a couple years, and that is my take. I see them, uh, despite my prediction of them being the last on the north side of the conference. Again, they can still uh, they can still make some up uh, some upset. I think you know again Cal is not crazy out of reach. Uh, I don't think Stanford. I think they could even they give Stanford a run for their money. Uh, so the, so there you go. Um, and it'll be interesting to see also Washington State. Uh, they put up 11 wins this last year. I don't know how, how well they will do this upcoming season. A lot of question marks around there, especially around their quarterback play. They do have a, uh, transfer from Eastern Washington at quarterback. So be interesting to see. I think that's a, has a lot to do with it, but there is your Oregon State preview 2019. Uh, we're working with, uh, uh, Salt Lake Tribune, we're working with Arizona Central, uh, Tucson News to be able to get some of these media guys that are in the uh, are in and around the program, stay in to out uh, to get them on the on the mic. Uh, give you guys a Pac-12 uh, full on interview. I will be be working my butt off for you guys to do so. So there is the Oregon State preview again. Stay optimistic. Uh, and we will see how the schedule rolls out. Maybe they come out and they're just they kind of surprise teams and they get to five wins. It would it'd be amazing, but we will see how that goes. So stay tuned uh, for the rest of the Pac-12 inter- uh, interviews and the media and get excited for this upcoming season. Uh, follow us on social media. Uh, thank you uh, for Mr. Gress. Follow him um, at Steve Gress on Twitter. I believe it's Steve Grass nineteen if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But follow him on Twitter. Just uh, put him on there. He is the Oregon State Insider here at Get the Ball Rolling. Uh, until next time, have a wonderful week and keep the ball rolling.